Welcome to First Time Lord. I'm Daniel Levane, and as the title of the podcast implies, I am a first timer in that I had never seen Doctor Who until I started this podcast, sat down and watched each and every week a new episode, and then sit down with an expert, somebody that knows so much about Doctor Who because I want to get the most out of this experience. If I'm going to jump into this fandom, I want to know all about it. And so this week, we are going to be talking about the unicorn and the wasp. And I have no clever retort because wasp is a very nasty, you know, it has a connotation. And, you know, sometimes people don't like being called the unicorn. But my guest this week is my unicorn, my favorite unicorn, and that is John Sobel. Welcome. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here on a auspicious uh, evening to talk about this uh, yes. episode as we carry on as the British do. <laughs> we are British, Doctor. This is what we do. Yes. <laughs> so, dear listener, as always, before we jump into our conversation, if you have not seen The Unicorn and the Wasp, which is episode seven of series four, now is a great time to pause the podcast because inevitably throughout our conversation, we will spoil the episode for you. So let's not rob you of that experience. Have it with us. Watch the episode and then come back. We'll fill you in on anything you may have missed. So here we go. Jumping into this. Uh, not sure what I was expecting. Based on the <laughs> title of the episode, I, you know, I, I, I sometimes try to anticipate what I'm going to get. I did not realize that I was going to get an episode of, you know, an Agatha Christie, like, uh, uh, what's the Alfred Hitchcock presents mixed with men in black mixed with doctor who, uh, no, which... it's definitely, definitely a, a fun episode. I, it's, you know, sometimes, uh, as we've talked about, I hate the titles of the episodes. Uh, <laughs> and the first, awesome. first one we ever talked about, it's called Dalek. It's like, but it's such a, you know, if you don't know, it's Dalek, when you see the Dalek for the first time, it could be a really good jump scare for old for old Who fans to know. But to say Dalek right away, it just kills the episode. And there's a couple of them that that you know kill the episode right away in what they say uh, and and what their titles are. Dalek in New one York. Gives you, Gee, I wonder yeah, what's going to happen in New York City. <laughs> right, but this one truly doesn't give you anything, which is which is what I like. It's so much fun. And if you saw the previews. Um, there's, you know, you know, right away that, you know, that it's going to be Agatha Christie. Yeah, so I didn't see the preview to the episode. I went straight in, I'm watching it. And so when she is introduced, I had the same reaction that the doctor and Martha have. And in, in fact, let's, Donna. <laughs> oh my gosh, it isn't, it isn't, uh, it isn't Martha, it's Donna, but let's listen to their reaction. Agatha Christie. What about her? That's me. No. <laughs> You're kidding. Agatha Christie. I was just talking about you the other day. I said, I bet she's brilliant. I'm the doctor. This is Donna. Oh, I love your stuff. What a mind. You fool me every time. Well, almost every time. Well, once or twice. Well, once, but it was a good one. You make a rather unusual couple. Oh, no, yeah, no, we're no, not no, a we're couple. Not married. Well, obviously not. No wedding ring. Oh. Mm -hmm. 
Well, you don't miss a trick. I'd stay that way if I were you. The thrill is in the chase, never in the capture. I, like, giddily responded to that moment because I know the doctor has wanted to meet her, and there's Agatha Christie, and, like, growing up, I was fascinated with Agatha Christie novels. I was... Uh, never adventurous enough to try to read them, but I was fascinated with uh, the movies that were made out of her books. So this was fantastic. Yes. Oh, yeah. It was, and it's so much fun. And I love uh, before that you had, uh, you know, the doctor using the psychic paper to get himself invited uh, <laughs> into into the party uh, using using, uh, you know, a vague uh reasoning for people to, to try to remember him it's like oh yes yes i don't know and then the ever popular uh and we've done you know with with the other uh, uh companions before where donna is uh mimicking the language uh or, or <laughs> trying to mimic it. and the, and the doctor's like no 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 don't do that don't, don't do, do that. that don't do that uh, no, no, no. uh so that's always that's always fun but yes uh but uh yeah rose did that in tooth and claw and uh and oh uh, yes yes Mar martha martha did it in in the london in the shakespeare episode as well so it's like they don't they you know it was only explained during rose that the tardis will will uh I'll translate everything for you but i think that you know it's common knowledge now that you will sound to them proper that you don't have to put it on because if you're putting it on it's almost like a uh a English to Spanish translator getting confused when you say something in Spanish. Well, it, and like it doesn't in know the exactly fires of Pompeii, they kept saying, "Oh, you're uh, you're Gaelic." Uh, right. Every time they because, said because anything they in, something uh, in Latin, right. they was like, "Oh, right, you're exactly. Gaelic. You're clearly Gaelic." Uh, but I I love how excited they get at the the meeting, and then pretty much from that point forward, the episode went exactly as I expected it in that it became a murder mystery, which, well, how much fun can yeah, that it had, be? It had to, it had to. And I do really enjoy the two parts that made up the storyline, which were not the storyline, but the writing of the story, which were a, the peppering in of Agatha Christie book titles mm -hmm. and B the, uh, the way that all the characters resembled clue characters, <laughs> which was even brought up by, by, uh, Donna that the, you know, when the, when they find the professor, uh, when he didn't come, uh, for, for, <laughs> yeah, the uh, professor in the library dinner. with a, uh, lead pipe. With a lead pipe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, Again, you know, growing up, I, I clearly I did not watch Doctor Who. It was going on, um, but I did grow up watching that Hitchcock Mystery Hour, and you know all those mystery shows. And like I said, I was fascinated with stuff like Murder in the Orient Express. Uh, just the idea of the 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 murder mystery solve, you know, that happened through Agatha Christie, uh, that. This episode immediately just like took me back to that part of my youth where 
I, I, I just, I was captivated. Like, let's, let's go. And I love that, you know, in true doctor fashion, they find a way to insert the alien into it. Um, and while the title implies that it's going to very much be shoehorned in, I thought it, it, it felt pretty normal for a Doctor Who story the way we are introduced to the that big... Uh, what I, I am sure, John, you have memorized the name of this creature. It was... <laughs> they keep on... The, the, uh, Vespa form. The Vespa porn. Vespa porn. Vespa form. Form. form F-O-R-M. Not porn. Vespa form. Kids, that's no, a different... Form. Don't search that. Please don't no. search that. <laughs> but I, I thought it was very uh, subtle how they worked it in. It wasn't, you know, like a, a shoehorn of, okay, we got to insert some sort of alien species in here. Uh, and I liked how it was ultimately incorporated into the story that it, because uh, ultimately, uh, while yes, it is a murder mystery and it is all those things, you know, it, it, it tries to uh, suggest all the different uh, Agatha Christie novel titles it is an attempt at sort of telling the story of uh, a real event uh, in that Agatha Christie had uh, some unaccounted time that she had a little bit of amnesia. And, of course, in Doctor Who fashion, it was due to this alien encounter that she suffered through. Yes, uh, of course, it was uh, the way it happens. It's just, it's always a little... Uh take something and be able to twist it just a little bit so that we can uh, uh, turn it into a really good story. Right. And uh, I loved the, there were a couple things that I really appreciated. You did mention that, you know, the characters were very much modeled after uh, clue characters. Uh, but there was also uh, what I, one of the things that I really enjoyed was the incorporation of the fact that one of the characters is obviously of uh, a homosexual persuasion. Uh, and in the, you know, uh, roaring 20s, as it were, it would not have been couth for this very proper British family to have a gay member of its family. And yet, you know, it is obvious from the get-go and as you know, events transpire in in the episode. Donna and the doctor sort of comment. Donna specifically, or no, the doctor saying, you know, how the this poor, you know, this poor guy that was having a relationship with this kid couldn't even mourn him properly. And Donna's like, it's like the dark ages. The nineteen, you know, nineteen twenty six is like the dark ages, which right. is not the first time that a doctor companion has referred to the, t the, the past as the dark ages. No. And especially, you know, the fact that in 2008, I believe we're, we're recording the shows currently, it was still not necessarily, uh, as, uh, it was open and free, but it's become more and more all the time. So it still was difficult for some people to be able to do that. Yeah. And they just, tackle it you know it's not 
it's not played for for laughs. It's just it's there as part of the overall storytelling. Right. Uh, and I, I appreciated it. I appreciated that uh, depiction, again, without it having to be uh, a big deal. I also loved how uh, we did have kind of a, a major, well, uh, a major nerd actor show up in this. Uh, and I say that, you know, only because I know her from a Star Wars movie. But the... The unicorn part of this episode happens to be Felicity Felicity Jones, which, you know, for a listener that is not familiar with Star Wars, she was pretty much the star of Rogue One. And I was a little surprised that she played a smaller role. I mean, it's a fun role, uh, but I thought she would have a a bigger uh, role to play in the episode itself. Exactly. And it's just, it's just, uh, kind of, uh, a simple, a simple part. Uh, you know, she's, she's playing, she's playing it up and playing it up and then, you know, but the doctor sees right for her and then she, you know, you know, is, is so, you know, fought out obviously later on in the episode pointed out to be the unicorn, which is the unicorn in the, in this particular type of episode is an international jewel thief. Uh, and, and she, you know, you know, does a reverse Eliza Doolittle, uh, <laughs> and, and breaks out into a Cockney accent. It's like, okay, you call me. Uh, which I thought, uh, it will, it reminded me a little bit of, a um, a, a Steve Martin movie, called Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Oh, yes. <laughs> in which one of the big reveals is who the jackal is. Uh, and so as that moment happened, I was very pleasantly, again, taken to yet the show connecting to another part of, you know, my my fandom and my nerddom. Uh, because, like you said, the, the reverse Eliza Doolittle of, being very prim and proper, and then it's like, yeah, it's me. Was it to you? So I, I love right. that. Um, but uh, in this episode, one of the things that I really enjoyed is we get a lot. I mean, we we played the the clip earlier of uh, the introduction with Agatha Christie, and you know, there's a little bit of interaction between Donna and the Doctor, but we get a lot of that back and forth in this episode and they have some great dialogue back and forth and some great discussions but one of my favorites uh which of course again i didn't watch any of the trailers i'm just watching the show so i didn't know uh that agatha christie was going to be in this episode and they they're having a discussion about you know what is happening to them uh as it pertains to Agatha Christie that evoked another episode, and, and this is part of their conversation. There's a murder, a mystery, and Agatha Christie. Oh, I'm doing all the time. No, but isn't that a bit weird? Agatha Christie didn't walk around surrounded by murders, not really. I mean, that's like meeting Charles Dickens and he's surrounded by ghosts at Christmas. Well... Oh, come on! Uh, immediately i was like oh my god 
Oh my god. <laughs> she's talking about the unquiet dead. Like that she's referencing that episode and she doesn't and, even and know. And she it. is with but she yeah, she has no clues. It's the whole it's just the joke. You know, you're not gonna find, you know, a a literary character whose uh most notable pieces of work going, you know, coming from real life. Right. You know, you're not going to see, you're not, you're not going to see, you know, Shakespeare being haunted by, you know, by uh, uh, dead kings. And you're not going to be, uh, you're not going to, I mean, there you can go on and on where, where, you know, it just happened to be, you know, it's easy enough to say Charles Dickens would be with Ghosts and Christmas because it's just so famous. But not, and there's without, the doctor yeah. going, well, actually, well, yeah, yeah, I kind of did. <laughs> Uh, so I, I just love the banter that these two continue to have and the relationship that they continue to nurture. He's very sort of, uh, he's very excited, although he is very, uh, like a true man, very impatient while he's waiting outside the TARDIS for her to change into right. her flapper outfit. But then he's very complimentary and, you know, it's been said in the podcast time and time again, you know, they have a very brother and sister relationship and i'm just i i'm so excited that the doctor has somebody like donna who really does bring out some amazing good wonderful qualities in the doctor and vice versa the doctor is you know really bringing out the best of donna and they're just having well, such a great time they're having a great time and god knows somebody needed to bring out better in donna because donna was just not you know Donna needed help because clearly she was not she was not doing well by herself. Um, even even with uh, you know Wilfred you know there to try to help her out, she was just kind of you know missing missing things left and right. Well, and she she has a moment uh, talking with a Agatha about her experiences in marriage uh, and how you know yeah it didn't work out and it was horrible and it turned out the guy was you know a jerk but. She said, just like, he was horrible and he was lying to me, but I loved him. I really did love him. And then, you know, things changed and I met the doctor and my life has changed. And, you know, things can be better for you, too, you know, uh, insinuating that as Agatha uh, would have at that time been struggling with her own failing marriage. Um, well, yes. So for Donna to acknowledge, you know. Yes, we saw Don. We the first time we meet Donna, she is in the middle of her entire life, sort of unraveling in front of her. And I'm glad that we get to see her now as that event, which, for all intents and purposes, for somebody like Donna, should have just completely continued to unravel her. And instead, it turned her into this very sort of uh, determined, voracious person that is you know fantastic to to have around with somebody like the doctor who can sometimes get lost in the in the details of things and donna is so it's so good and obviously being you know uh, again as we've mentioned before being a little bit older than previous companions uh in in being able to see uh, the bigger picture or just being the, the kind person who's, uh, who's trying to help out Agatha, even though she's trying to still, you know, 
steal some of her ideas for herself. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad you mentioned it because that was another thing that had me laughing throughout the episode. Every time she would drop in conversation a plot device or a title or a character that Agatha would cling on to. And he's like, uh, copyright, Donna. <laughs> copyright, Donna Noble. <laughs> okay, we'll like, split the... Yeah, that, that, everybody's like, okay, we'll split the royalties. Died, yeah. <laughs> uh, just, you know, wonderful. Uh, just, again, only Donna could pull that off and not come off as like this just very uh, insufferable person. I, I really enjoyed yes. her in this episode. Um, but... I I I just I I I can't say enough how enjoyable this episode was in a way that I did not expect it, uh, and certainly the title did not lead me down to to really think this is what what was going to happen. So no, but what's and and there's so many there were so many parts of it that uh, were um, were so were so key to watching like those murder mysteries oh, yeah. and you know and in it uh from the 50s or listening to the old radio shows the old radio murder mysteries back in you know before there was tv and you can listen to those online yeah i i think steering right into this as opposed to trying to be cute with it is what made this episode so much more interesting to me uh absolutely if they had tried to just turn it into a Doctor Who episode with a murder mystery spin, I think it would have been, you know, a little too on the nose. The fact that they just steered right into the theming, the, you know, the the pacing, the even the camera angles and the way they set up the camera, it was very reminiscent of that masterpiece theater, you know, Saturday night mystery movie of the week. Uh, and I absolutely loved every part of it. Yes, yes, it was, uh, and that's what was that's what makes it so much fun because you can jump from uh, a sci-fi adventure the week before, where where the doctor gets you know gets a uh, person cloned from him and be you know, and, and now there's a there's a girl out there mm-hmm. you know the doctor and then the very next week uh, you're in 1926. Uh, London, and or, yeah, and you're and you're with Agatha Christie, <laughs> and you're solving a murder. And I did. There was one part of this episode that kind of, you know, there there's a nerve now. There's a nerve that's starting to develop, and uh, the husband, the wheelchair bound husband, uh, mentions how he lost the function of his legs due to that pesky flu. In the eighteen hundred, in the eighteens, he says, right, and he's insinuating the nineteen eighteen Spanish flu pandemic, right. Which immediately I was like, oh man, this is the first time because there's been a lot of episodes that have resonated with me much deeper than I think they would have had I watched the show when it first aired because of the pandemic and this is the first time that a a pandemic similar to what we went through is specifically mentioned uh although overtly it is 100% a reference to the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic and i was like 
Oh man, that's just too soon, too soon, man. <laughs> that's all. I mean, that's pretty much all I have for this. Uh, did I miss anything? Was there anything in this episode that's gonna come back? You do get the um, the bees being missing in current time yes. mentioned as Donna is in this in the room. Um, uh, yeah, with 1926, the, with, yeah. they still have bees. Yeah, thank you. Yes, exactly. There's still bees here, so that's you know bringing up you know the the overarching arc of the of the uh, year. Um, so that's always nice to see. You have other other things of uh, of uh, note, but I want to let uh, Ashley. Uh, go first, so I don't want to step on her toes. All right. Well, then, uh, since you brought it up, let's uh, let's jump into uh, my favorite part of uh, every episode, and uh, hopefully everybody else's favorite part of the episode. It's Ashley's TARDIS tidbits. This is Ashley's TARDIS tidbits for series four, episode seven: The Unicorn and the Wasp. In the series three finale, The Last of the Time Lords. The doctor tells Martha that he'd love to meet Agatha Christie one day. Well, now he gets his wish. Agatha Christie's grandson actually sat in on the script readings and the rehearsals for this episode. At one point, Donna mentions that meeting Agatha Christie during a murder mystery would be as preposterous as meeting Charles Dickens surrounded by ghosts at Christmas. Of course, we all know she's referencing the series one episode, The Unquiet Dead. David Tennant's father, Sandy McDonald, was visiting David on the set of this episode and was offered a cameo part on the spot. If you look, you'll see him as a footman. In the scene in the kitchen where the doctor is pouring food down his throat, what you think are anchovies actually were just mushrooms. An actress, Daphne Oxenford, filmed scenes as older Agatha Christie on her deathbed in 1976, but all of these scenes were deleted. Originally, it showed the Doctor and Donna visiting Christie as she was trying to recall the events that took place during her disappearance. The new ending in the TARDIS was filmed after the producers decided to cut that sequence, and filmed much later than the rest of the episode. And thank you, Ashley, so much for that. So I really wanted to talk more about the books because the the every line out of somebody's mouth, almost virtually every line was a was another title of a Agatha Christie story, which when you realize how many she had. It's like, wow, well, yeah, they could have easily done it where you had just from the beginning. And again, they're in the uh, prequel to the series, uh, the previews of the series, you see Agatha Christie, not knowing who Agatha Christie is, but she was, she asks, who is the man in the brown suit? And that's a story. Mm -hmm. And of course there's, uh, at the very end, uh, the doctor makes a very bad pun of, uh, the murder of the vicar rage, which is the murder of the vicarage, which is, which is one of her books. Mm -hmm. Uh, they do talk about, Murder on the Orient Express, and um, the and uh, talking about Mrs. Marple. Uh, they talk about uh, the, the, the professor, not uh, the, the not the professor, the 
the detective the man in the wheelchair no the man in the wheelchair oh yes uh, you know where he, where he says to, you know, to agatha christie because he's all upset cards on the table there's a storyline um <laughs> at one in the very beginning before the professor is killed he's as he's coming up with the information he says why didn't they ask heavens and why didn't they ask Evans is a story that she wrote um, when uh, her faithful companion is killed. Um, the the uh, the lady of the house says she had an appointment with death. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's yet another one. And I can, you know, and I can keep going. And my favorite my favorite one, though, was um, when. Agatha is trying to scold the doctor for not catching the big uh, clue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, he, and he had seen her play. And he says, what, that piece of paper you, you nicked out of the fire? And she's like, oh, you did see that. And they, they pull it close in the, to the two of them and look at it. And he says, is that an N or an M? And an or M is another story from, <laughs> from Agatha Christie. It just keeps on going sparkling cyanide was done taking at the flood, which was, uh, what, the which, uh, the lady said when her son was, uh, was, uh, drowned, mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, our, uh, Agatha Christie, uh, when they we were chasing the, the, uh, large wasps, uh, I know how they, they do this with mirrors. And that's another story. And just on and on and on, it just became, a point where I open, I I have the Wikipedia page of the bibliography of Agatha Christie, and just going down, <laughs> just checking off every time they said something, because it just on on and on and on. It was just so much fun. Well, it just goes to show you how much fun the uh, the author of this episode, the the screenwriter of this episode, had with the entire concept. And like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, how they just steered right into it. They didn't uh, shy away from it. They didn't try to get cute or play coy with it. They just absolutely went for it. Uh, and it makes the episode more fun. It makes the episode feel like a exactly what a Doctor Who murder mystery episode should feel like. So it, it's, absolutely. it's great. And then the as uh, as Ashley said, they had filmed a whole um, a whole uh, story of uh, Agatha, old Agatha Christie trying to remember what had happened to her, why she lost all those days, and then Doctor and Donna, you know, meet her in the hospital and and talk to her uh, briefly during that time, and they refilmed it for that wonderful uh, thing in the TARDIS where he pulls up the plate. Uh, and pulls out a huge chest C, and he pulls out all these things that are C, and it's you know a Cyberman, and it's a and Carrie Knight, and this, and finally finds the book, and the book is you know the book with the with the uh, uh, wasp on the cover, the wasp, and, and yeah. you know copyright copyright uh, you know five year five billion, and which Donna you know obviously hasn't gone that far in the future like uh, other people have how crazy that was that, you know, you, that earth has gone that far and she has not seen that yet. So that's, uh, something that we can hopefully see, uh, coming on. And in a sweet way to sort of end out the episode and sort of saying, you know, she is the, the, 
the world kept buying her books. Uh, and when, again, you look at the world through the doctor's eyes, which is only as that big picture, you see that she was this, you know, historically the most, uh, the most revered author of all time, including right. 5 billion years into the future. So. Right, and it's just so much fun, and and yes, they had to throw in a Doctor Who style thing with the Vespa form and everything, and oh, it was just they could they could have uh, done without it, and it still would have been a great show. And it was so much fun just to have it either way. It was just it was just a nice fun episode, uh, knowing that this whole series had been has been on the little bit of that darker side. Uh, and uh, moving forward, we'll go back to the dark again. So it was nice to have a nice, fun, light episode. Oh, this this was great. But thank you, as always, John, for joining me and bringing so much, like a wealth of knowledge to really round this episode out. Like oh, I, I love said at this. The beginning, I love having coming. And we're going to do this a couple more times uh, for this series. As I keep saying, this is my favorite <laughs> of all the series. Uh, so far, uh, of the, the entire year, there I have favorite episodes, I'm sure, but the entire uh, run of of the whole series, this is just my favorite. So a compendium, we'll, yeah. Uh, we're having fun here. Well, I am super, super excited to move forward. But uh, as always, very glad to have somebody like you come on and make the experience of the episode that much richer by bringing in all this extra wealth of information so thanks so much for joining me my pleasure and thank you dear listener for joining us for yet another first time lord podcast as always you can help support the show by going to firsttimelord.com there you can see all of my previous episodes and hey novel idea you can leave a comment uh, you can comment on this episode and what your favorite uh, Agatha Christie reference was, or you can leave a comment on any of the previous episodes. That would be fantastic. If you want to support the show, you can browse through our merch shop also at firsttimelord.com. And like I always say, we've got shirts, we've got iPhone cases, we've got some cool new things coming down the pike that you might enjoy. So check that out. If uh, merchandising is not your thing, but you still want to support the show financially, you can also click on the link on the website itself, firsttimelord.com, that will take you to my Patreon. Uh, or you can search for me, Daniel Levain, on Patreon, and that's another way that you can support the show. You can also just reach out and uh, interact with me and other fans of the show through our Facebook Facebook page. Uh, it is big surprise called First Time Lord on Facebook or First Time Lord on Twitter. Uh, plenty of options for you to reach out and uh, let me know what you think of the show, what you like, what you don't like, and uh, get a conversation going. But uh, I guess at this time, I've uh, pretty much reached the end of the the line here and i guess i have to get ready for next week and uh, what uh, according to john may be a much darker episode so let's jump on the tardis and see you next week everybody